It is my incredibly distinct honor to introduce uh, Daniel Smirkowski. He is one of our board members. He's uh, actually finishing up his three-year term, but, term, but he is also a Sergeant Shriver International Global Messenger and uh, founder and CEO of Special Chronicles. So uh, Daniel's an incredibly impressive man, and we're really uh, thrilled to have you as part of our board, Daniel. Thank you, Karen, and uh, for the introduction and welcome to all the new board members to the um, staff and um, if there are any uh, current board, I was going to say old, but current board members um, on uh, to the board orientation. Uh, we're going to review the agenda and objectives for the orientation. So in the board orientation packet you received, you should find today's agenda. It's also on the screen in the PowerPoint. Uh, our goal today is to provide an overview of all things Special Olympics Illinois. To prepare you for your role on the board of directors, today's presentation is being recorded and will be available on board effect in the orientation workroom if you want to refer back to Anything covered today. I hope you enjoyed the presentation. Now I will turn it back over to Keelan. Thanks, Daniel. So um, a, a little bit about our mission. Our mission at Special Olympics Illinois is to provide year-round sports training and athletic competition in a variety of Olympic-type sports for children and adults with intellectual disabilities, giving them continuing opportunities to develop physical fitness, demonstrate courage, experience joy, and participate in the gifts, uh, sharing gifts, skills, and friendships with their families and other special Olympics athletes and the community. Um, and as you get to know all of the athletes, you will see this uh, in living color. So it's a wonderful group of people. Um, our, our vision at Special Olympics Illinois is to be a global leader in shaping a culture where people with and without intellectual disabilities are fully integrated into the community by providing year-round opportunities in competitive sports, health, education, leadership, and personal development. Um, you know, our, our board mission is really to support this vision. And in, you know, my, my two cents to that would be just thoughtful participation, um, thoughtful contributions, listen, listen to the athletes. You will always find the right path as a board member by getting to know the athletes and hearing from them and hearing their story. And, um, and then just contributing your time and talents uh, to help guide the organization. So uh, being a board member for Special Olympics is, is a wonderful thing. And uh, welcome again. And uh, we're happy to have you as part of the vision. So, um, oh yeah, it's my line. Okay, my line. <laughs> Karen, so as, as you know, um, and as thousands of podcast listeners know, I, I like to tell um, stories. And with that, uh, how did you folks get involved with Special Olympics Illinois and what has been a board member and now the chair of the board month to you? If you could share your backstory of how you first got involved in this incredible uh, powerful organization that means so much to me and the over 23,000 other athletes in Illinois. 
Yeah, thanks, Daniel. You know, I, I got involved, I was asked to be a sponsor. Uh, my company was asked to be a sponsor for Gala. And we said yes. And we went to Gala, which was a beautiful event, but got to meet a large number of athletes. And then we started to participate in things um, like the plane pull and the first look for charity and the uh, ever present and looming polar plunge. And as I got more and more involved in the organization as a sponsor, I really got more inspired, um, inspired by people like you, Daniel, Zamira, you know, all of the athletes, inspired by Dave and his team and other board members. I mean, it's just an, a, an amazing group of people that make up Special Olympics Illinois. And uh, once, once I took that first step and was asked to be a member of the board, there was really no looking back. It's been a really amazing, wonderful journey. I'm super um, honored and thrilled to be part of it. Thank you, Kaylin, for sharing. We will talk a little later about what it means to be a board member. But first, I would like to share a little bit about who Special Olympics Illinois serves. What are intellectual disabilities or ID? A person is eligible to participate in Special Olympics if they have been identified by an agency or professional as having intellectual disabilities as determined by their localities. Down syndrome is one type of ID you'll see among athletes competing. Also, invisible disabilities, such as autism, learning disabilities, and other developmental challenges, cerebral palsy, and some people with physical challenges. Who's Special Olympic solves and who you'll see competing? So the athletes, the over 23,000 athletes, you'll see competing, all have different abilities. Individuals may have the same intellectual disability, but have different levels of abilities. Some individuals may be competing at the same level as people without intellectual disabilities. You also see different ages. Young athletes, two to seven, like Chris's son, uh, is, is a young athlete. You also see athletes from 8 to 80 and above, over 80 years old, ages, school-aged, young adults, and older adults. Uh, maybe later in the question and answer, you can ask uh, Dave who our oldest athlete is. Hopefully he knows. <laughs> um, so you can quiz him on that later. And unified sports. Individuals with and without disabilities, competing and participating together. Who and what you will see at events. You'll see athletes of all ages, genders, demographics, and ability levels. You'll see coaches motivating their athletes. You'll see athletes motivating their teammates. You'll see volunteers working hard to win a fail and, and competitive event. You'll see our family, our families, friends, and fans in the stands giving motivating words of encouragement. Our fans in in the stands are really incredible when we when we compete. You also see many board members come to cheer on uh, on on athletes. 
You also see the law enforcement torch one. Members of law enforcement are some of our biggest fans and are also volunteering at many events. From the polo plunges to the cop on a rooftop and many other events. You also see, like you see pic, um, pictured here on this slide at uh, the, the opening ceremonies, is the Knights of Columbus, who attend many regional and state events, do not only provide the color guard, but they also volunteer. Interacting with athletes, you'll see us... When you interact with us athletes, you should see us as people with the same interests, hopes, and dreams as people without ID. Get to know us. When you get to know us, you'll see that we're children with ID who grow into adults with ID. When it comes to the language guidelines, we photo us as individuals Persons or people with intellectual disabilities, whether than intellectual disabled people or the intellectually disabled. So uh, just remember people first language. Do not use the label kids when referring to special Olympics athletes. Adult athletes like myself and, and Z are an integral part of, of the movement. We fold to participants in Special Olympics as athletes. In no case should the word athletes appear in quotation marks. And finally, remember when interacting with us athletes, respect, be open, and love us unconditionally. Just like we athletes will respect you be, and be open with you and love, and love you unconditionally, you should do the same when interacting with us. Why is Special Olympics relevant today, even during a global pandemic? <laughs> Special Olympics is creating increased awareness. There is an increased awareness of the abilities and skills of individuals with IDD through sports and other programs. This has Tremendous impact on future generations of young people with IDD who will have more positive views about themselves, their sport, and do not follow the disability to restrict what they can achieve. With the unifying power of sports at its core, programs such as the as the Unified Champion Schools, Health and Leadership Education, help individuals with IDD discover and build new skills and empower them to be leaders in their communities. Special Olympics connects people and promotes acceptance and inclusion of differences. The volunteer experience is unique in the kind of impact it can have on an individual group. Health. There are many health, healthy athletes programs. Special Olympics offers free health screenings and fitness and nutrition education to support the health disparities among individuals with IDD. Health messengers are trained to motivate, educate, and inspire fitness and healthy habits through physical activity, healthy eating, and proper hydration. And family. 
Special Olympics brings families together to provide a welcome resource, develop community partner relationships, and social bonds that go beyond the field. Like my mom says, and this is a quote directly from my mom after she first saw me compete at our state summer games. If the whole world were like Special Olympics, then there would be no woes. This powerful statement shows what it's like when families, coaches, volunteers, staff, and sponsors get involved and see the joy and love among everyone involved in Special Olympics. Everyone wins. How is Special Olympics organized? We work with 93 agencies across the state in our 11 local regions where our athletes train year-round. Athletes compete at the region level to qualify to advance to the state level. All chapter, Special Olympics Illinois, all chapter is part of Special Olympics North America region, along with Canada and the Caribbean. We are accredited by Special Olympics Inc., Agencies are made up of schools, park districts, special recreational associations, independent groups, and other other groups. Athletes were trained for a minimum of eight weeks for each sport they participate in. The scope of Special Olympics, Illinois programming. There were a There are four key areas of programming in in Illinois. Sports, health, leadership, and sustainability. First, we'll talk about sports. Special Olympics, Illinois, serves 23,185 traditional athletes. We saw 14,753 young athletes and PO partners, ages 2 to 7. And we saw 2,470 unified partners. Here you can see a breakdown of traditional athletes by race and ethnicity, as well as gender identity. We offer 18 Olympic-type sports throughout the year. And in addition, we also offer a motor activities training program for athletes with most severe disabilities. We also host unified sports where individuals with ID and one without ID join to compete as a team. Our young athletes program is for children with and without intellectual Electrical disabilities ages 2 to 7 and is a sports play program where they learn key motor and sport skills to prepare them to start competing at age 8. As for competitions, we compete we compete <laughs> we also conduct over 230 competitions each year. Like I said before, athletes compete at the local level and qualify to advance to the state competition. 
For World and USA Games, athletes go through a nomination process to qualify. And now for our health programs. Special Olympics Illinois has 24 athlete health messengers. After March, we will have more health messengers. And offers 30 health screening clinics each year include to include health screenings, vision screenings, where athletes needed glasses can receive them for free, and sport goggles too. MedFest Chicago is our largest screening, providing 1,500 free sport physicals each year at the United Center with the help of doctors and nurses from Advocate Medical Group. We offer a variety of health education and wellness opportunities where we are helping athletes make better food and drink choices and teaching them how to live healthier lives. Our health education took off in in 2020 since we could offer it virtually. And now for our leadership programs. An overview is athlete leadership empowers athletes to be contributing and respect members of Special Olympics and society. Through specialized curriculum and training, athletes are developing leadership skills to undertake meaningful roles, influence change, and create inclusive communities. Global messengers are athletes giving speeches. Ambassadors for Special Olympics sharing their stories and impact the Special Olympics has had on their lives. Another part of the leadership programs is volunteers and committee members, regional and state competitions and events. And as another part of the leadership programs is fundraisers. Athletes, leaders help helping with many law enforcement torch one events, such as Polo Plunge, Duck Doby, I believe the no, always the number one fundraising team. <laughs> and other local and state events. And Athlete Leadership Council, formerly known as the Athlete Input Council, the name was recently changed to reflect the work of this group, which is a forum for athletes to report to other athletes and program leaders on what is happening in their regions, voice their opinions about important topics, as the ALC did for the strategic plan. And this coming up this week, our Athlete Leadership Council will be meeting about the COVID vaccine and the we tone to play. Family leadership is dedicated to the education and engagement of parents, siblings, caregivers, and guardians. It provides them with opportunities to network and support the mission of the organization. And another part of the leadership programs is as board members, like I have been doing the past three years and um, like what Z will, will, will have an opportunity and um, like you see the, the, the other two athlete board members. Employment readiness and job shadows. A training for athletes to develop skills for employment opportunities such as, uh, give a, another shameless plug, our partner United, our global partner United Airlines, uh, Z and I are two of the uh, original uh, 
service ambassadors at United Airlines. So, and that is a direct result of the job shadows and employment readiness from our leadership programs. And unified leadership, developing a new unified athlete leadership curriculum, new athlete leadership training and developing and working with program staff. That was launched uh, two, two years ago in Dublin, I think. Um, and you can, you can hear more about that this at this Wednesday's board meeting. We'll have a 15-minute it could be a much longer presentation, but <laughs> it's a 15-minute presentation this Wednesday. And as Mountain Media producers and, and as we portals. Unified Champion Schools is all about youth leadership, where students all across Illinois are leading the way towards inclusion in schools. Breaking down barriers, breaking down social barriers and promoting respect. A committee of students made up of equal numbers of students with ID as those without. Plan an annual youth activation summit where they train other students how to lead and promote inclusion and respect in their own schools. In 2020, this summit was conducted online and was attended by over 800 students. And now that I've told you all about all the leadership programs. A little bit briefly about my athlete leadership journey. I started giving speeches 11 years ago to schools, local community groups, and Torch One events. Knights of Columbus, to name a few. Today, this has led me to be a, a current athlete board member, one of three, also to be the co-chair of our Athlete Leadership Council, our statewide Athlete Leadership Council, to be a current Southern Survival International Global Machine one of 10 SSIGMs, athlete leaders from across the globe, so in this main, this major, this top athlete leadership uh, class, and United Airlines, along with Z. Uh, I'm a service ambassador, one of four athletes working at United in the lobby and occasionally by the gates at uh, at Chicago's Ohio International Airport. So like you see in this picture here, um, get a chance to uh, skate and chat and have lunch with Apollo Ono, eight-time Olympic uh, athlete, and then above taking a selfie at the uh, airport um, uh, that was uh, – oh, there's a lot of – those are just two of the many – uh, awesome ex- opportunities that we have uh, that, that that I have had uh, the past um, eleven years uh, as uh, in my athlete leadership journey. And now I would like to. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> my journey in Special Olympics is is an example of all you can do as an athlete and athlete leader. Because of these opportunities and my circle of friends, I've developed because of the Special Olympics movement. I'd now like to introduce President CEO Dave Breen, uh, without a couple of, of um, um, Guinnesses, <laughs> to talk a little bit about sustainability and how we raise the funds necessary to provide all of this programming. Dave? 
Thanks, Daniel. And by the way, you're not supposed to give all our secrets away when we were in Ireland. Oh, yeah. Which, um, oh, yeah. I, uh, I just, uh, you know, I want to thank everybody for being on the call today and Daniel for leading this. Um, just so you guys know, this was one of the goals that Daniel created for himself at an athlete leadership meeting in Dublin, Ireland two years ago. And, and it's great that last year was his first year doing the orientation and now he's just done a super job of streamlining it more. And so we can give a good foundation to, to you guys starting your um, board uh, membership journey. Um, so I'll, I'll be brief going through this. Um, just wanted to give, uh, especially the, the newer board members coming on. I, I think one of the things that we take uh, very seriously is the, that we're stewards of donor dollars. And so it's very important that we try to make sure that we allocate as much as possible back to program. Um, as you look on the left hand of this, uh, the slide there, left hand side, um, this shows you the different um, ways that we are diversifying our revenue. Uh, I think we still have a long way to go. Um, the work of the development committee is really going to be geared towards um, a, a little bit less reliant on special events as we grow uh, from a you know, what we were pre-COVID, and, and I'll try not to say that a lot, but, you know, pre-COVID, we were somewhere around 14.2 million in cash, uh, close to 20 million with in-kind. We have almost 5 million of in-kind um, that we get from uh, donors and things like facilities, uh, food, officials that give their time and, and, uh, and talent to Special Olympics. So we're hoping to build that back up. Um, we, we were able to be at about 10 and a half uh, to 11 million uh, during COVID, which was just a tribute to our board, our staff, you know, our volunteers and, and donors. Um, but that gives you a little bit of a sense of some of the different fundraising events we do. Uh, as Daniel mentioned, 230 competitive events. We do a lot of fundraising events. We're a, we're a unique nonprofit, I would say, and by way of we, we not only put on the events and our direct service, um, but we raise the money um, and you as board members help us uh, achieve those things in terms of we raise the money, we spend the money, but we also do the direct service events. Uh, just a couple of things. I, I think one of the things that I hope sets Special Olympics apart, uh, as Daniel mentioned before, you know, we, we like to have fun. Um, we, we believe that sports is serious, sports is fun. But we also, in our fundraising events, like to have fun, do unique events. Um, we've had lots of different events, uh, as you can see there, from our duck derby to our polar plunge, um, which you guys will get roped because Kathy Schneidwind is one of the <laughs> biggest uh, salespeople I've ever seen getting board members to get wet and get cold. Um, but we do some unique ones. Uh, first look for charity is the auto show that, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do this year, but certainly will be on the docket for next year. And then we do a, a baseball night in Arizona, which I wish we were doing right now, um, but it'll be in March. And we built some relationships with some other states to do fundraising events as well, which is, um, you know, which is awesome. So uh, try to have fun. We try to allow many, many donors, like as an example, we generally have anywhere from 7,000 to 7,500 people taking the plunge um, for Special Olympics. So uh, really it's a big part of our fundraising events is to create awareness. And I, I, 
I think you, most of you are aware uh, that we have roughly 3,000 law enforcement um, individuals uh, working on our behalf and the athletes' behalf to raise what, what in 2019 was number one in the world, $5.3 million they helped raise um, for Special Olympics Illinois. Um, on the other side, just so you guys know, it is an international, it's a global movement, the Torch Run. Um, we have a, an international executive council where three members from Illinois serve on that um, executive council. It's a 29-member council that covers the globe. Uh, and in 2019, they raised $64 million on behalf of uh, Special Olympics for the athletes with all of uh, the activities. Um, and it's just an honor being part of that group. Uh, I, I do sit on the exec council uh, with Russ Lane and Pat Hoey from Illinois. Um, and uh, we have athlete representation from Kevin Brown, who actually works for the FBI in uh, New York uh, in their offices. Uh, I said earlier, we, you know, we have the officers coming from all parts of the state, uh, usually during summer games. Um, carrying the flame of hope into the opening ceremonies. And one, one thing when we do get back to it, um, you have to come to summer games and watch the flame being lit. Um, it is one of the highlights. I, I said a long time ago, if I stop getting goosebumps during that moment, then it's time for me to leave the organization because it truly is powerful having the officers from all over the state run the, the torch in um, and then having the athlete light the cauldron. Um, it's, it's definitely a highlight of the year. Um, some of the LATR events, they, uh, Joe Pena told me a long time ago, um, uh, police officers, um, they're great to be matched with Special Olympics and as fundraising, as fundraisers, because they carry guns and badges and they get to make the rules. So um, he said that tongue in cheek a little bit, but they do some really fun events. They do, uh, you've probably seen the uh, Dunkin' Donuts cop on a rooftop, uh, which is almost a million dollar event now. Um, they do a, a race at the uh, at the racetrack, Chicagoland Speedway Dirty, um, 5-0 at the Dirty-O, um, where they actually build their own police cars um, and, and race around the track to raise money. And that event started at zero, and it's now raising about $200,000 a year uh, with roughly 24 officers racing cars around the uh the dirty old track at Chicago line speedway. Um, and, and it was mentioned before we do plane poles, truck convoys. The coolest thing about it is the athletes have a presence really at all those torch run events. And the highlight for the officers is to put the medals around the athlete's neck. And I think there's a mutual respect uh, for both uh, the athletes and, and the officers and, and what they're doing. So I, I think it's been a, a great match over the years. This will be the 40th anniversary of the torch run it started in Wichita, Kansas with six officers running. They raised $300. Uh, Chief Lemunian started the vision and now it's in 93 programs around the world and 110,000 officers and they raised 64 million in a uh, normal year. One thing you, you will hear about is uh, we really in 2015 fully activated the um, Illinois Special Olympics Foundation. Why, why we're mentioning it here is it, it's very unique. There's only one other foundation uh, that exists, that's Missouri. Um, and it was really designed to help them build their building. Ours is a little bit unique in the fact that 
um, it's given us a new outlet for individuals that just that want to give money. They don't necessarily maybe have the time um, or or the ability to provide the fiduciary guidance. So they've chosen to join the foundation board, which they the the only event that we do is a golf outing, um, but it's really a give or get board that has been designed to help um, with innovative things, uh, grants to Special Olympics Illinois. Uh, one of the things about the foundation is that it can only give to Special Olympics Illinois. There are no other organizations in its articles of incorporation that it can give or provide funding for. Um, and, it, and it's really been a great um, opportunity for people to get involved um, in that aspect. And right now they're they're getting close to about $2 million in assets. Um, and they provided some funding during the pandemic back to us which we've been funding them with some excess, um, but ultimately their goal is is in the next couple of years to get to 5 million to start providing a, a regular and consistent and, um, and more substantial revenue stream to the organization. Uh, there you go. And uh, Dave, you mentioned a few signature events like First Look for Charity and the Inspire Greatness Gala. How are board members involved with those events and how do board members support them? So really the, the, the gala, we started at probably the worst time in 2008 during the uh, recession. Um, and, and it was really the board's vision that we could be a presence in Chicago. It's been one of those events that uh, and I and I know Tom, who's on, has has certainly supported it. Uh, he and his wife Karen and Z has been there and spoke. Um, so it's been really a great signature event. And and as and Karen Wilson's been a chair of the of the gala. Um, it's been really a great signature event in the city of Chicago that really puts us in with a great uh, with great company in terms of nonprofits. I, I think in. Two years ago, we were able to raise 1.3 million. The board has really gotten behind it, providing, you know, probably about a quarter or the third of the funding from the board members' networks. Um, I think that's really what it's been about, Daniel. It's been that our board members have utilized their networks. Not everybody, um, you know, can can provide the same amount of funding, but certainly can get the message out on our different events. There are some events that are. Um, you know, it's it's fifty dollars or a hundred dollars to be involved, like the uh, polar plunge. Um, up to first look is is kind of one of our signature events that is a black tie with the auto show. Um, but we do a lot of different events that involve the community playing polls, and and I think that's really what we are asking the board to do is utilize their networks, give us some ideas, give us some thoughts about other ways we can be bringing resources to the organization. Doesn't always have to be money either. It could be in kind. Um, it could be expense reduction. Um, there's a lot of ways to be involved. But historically, many have joined committees um, or have reached out to their different networks to, uh, you know, to really get teams involved in different things. One thing Karen Wilson has done, I, I think, extremely well is is kind of provide that culture to her company at Maycor, and and they they you know really come out to so many of these events, trivia nights, um, plunges. Uh, plane pulls, um, you know, all those different things. She's really just made that permeate her organization. So that's um, 
an example of a few things that the board's gotten involved in, Daniel. Thanks, Dave. Before we move on, does anyone have any questions so far? Feel free to use the chat if you would like to ask a question or simply unmute yourself. Uh, I see Kathy's uh, emoji hand is raised. <laughs> oh, she's muted. I actually did that by mistake. I, oh. was, I apologize. Oh, okay. Well, uh, does anyone have any? He's probably clapping for you, Daniel. Oh, she's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell. That's which correct, Dave. That's correct. I'm raising my hand for you. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, thanks. It's hard to tell with the emojis. Um, I don't have the chat up, so uh, I don't know if Dan or Dave or if, if somebody has any questions. We haven't had any come in so far, Daniel, so okay. we can pick up and we'll have an opportunity at the end too if you have any other questions. Okay. So it's it's sometimes hard to have the uh, chat and Zoom up on the same screen. Moving on with the orientation, I am pleased to introduce Tom Cox, partner of McCarthy Duffy OLP and the chair of governance and membership committee. Uh, so Tom, you can take it away. Thank you, Daniel, and a uh, spectacular job uh, in, in, uh, in everything so far. Um, great, great to see the new members uh, face-to-face, or at least electronically face-to-face, and thank you again for carving out some time to, uh, to proceed. Um, so I, I'm going to give a little bit more granular detail on the board and how the board operates, how the board functions, uh, both from a macro and a micro level. Um, the board composition by bylaws allows the organization to have up to 40 members. I think we're at 37 members now with, uh, with the four new uh, uh, board uh, nominees uh, to, be, to be brought in the fold on Wednesday. Um, and that's obviously a large board. Uh, and part of the way we uh, manage that a board of that size to, to uh, be able to ensure its stewardship over the organization is to break it down into a series of committees, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, but for those of you who have uh, board experience, which I suspect is many of you, uh, the Board of Special Olympics Illinois adheres to many of the same obligations and duties that other boards do, for-profit and non-for-profit. Uh, it is governed by the Illinois Not-for-Profit or Illinois Nonprofit uh, Corporations Act. Um, and, and I guess to, the way to think about it from a macro standpoint is to think of your responsibilities as board members as tying into uh, basic duties to the organization. Uh, duties of care, you know, basically making sure that you're you're being involved and you're uh, exerting your influence and you are making decisions or helping to make decisions on behalf of the board. Um, we think about it in terms of a duty of loyalty. Once in a blue moon, we have issues that come up where directors are faced with conflicts between their personal interests and the organization's interests. And so it's important to at least understand and uh, account for and embrace the concept of this duty of, of, of loyalty. And then sort of a, what we call a duty of obedience, which really is, um, as we'll talk about through this orientation and, and also, you know, in the course of your involvement with the board, uh, being involved in a number of different ways to support the organization. Um, we think about this in terms of um, participating on committees, uh, making decisions on behalf of leadership, 
um, helping to identify other board members that you think might be good candidates to, to join the organization. Uh, the board has the responsibility for um, setting uh, and approving executive compensation, not unlike uh, many boards. Um, we uh, spend, and certainly did in 2020, a fair amount of time reviewing the company's financial performance, the company, the, the organization's financial performance, um, to make sure that in, in the face of a, a challenging uh, fundraising and a challenging development environment, um, we were, we were uh, carefully managing the, the organization's assets and managing those assets in the way that was in the best interests of, of, of the mission. And, and I think one of the things that, that Daniel mentioned up front that is, that is really important is con continuing to keep in mind the mission of Special Olympics Illinois. And, and Daniel read this very eloquently uh, right up front um, of, of really supporting the athletes, supporting everything that the athletes do, and helping to uh, enhance the uh, you know, the experience through, through competition. And that's really the fundamental uh, underpinning of all of Special Olympics. So this is a, a, a quick summary of, of kind of things that we, uh, we think about as our, as our kind of key, key roles and responsibilities for uh, being a member of the board. You know, one thing I would tell you, which probably is a question that comes up you know, more often than not for new board members is, you know, is there a minimum contribution that a board member is required to make? And unlike many boards, the answer is no. Um, this is not a, a pay-to-play board, if you will. Um, there is no uh, specific dollar amount. There's obviously an encouragement on the part of all board members to uh, contribute both in cash and in kind as much as possible. But really, there are so many ways that um, this organization can be supported without necessarily writing checks. And the goal of the board is to provide that level of stewardship. One of the things that Dave um, will, you know, I think he's been somewhat bashful about this so far, but um, Dave, as, as CEO of Special Olympics Illinois, interacts with his peers who run other state-based organizations. There are a couple of states that have excuse me, I have two different uh, Special Olympics organizations. And, and I believe Special Olympics Illinois is in the top five, if not in the top three across the country in terms of numbers of competitions, numbers of athletes involved, numbers of uh, staff members supporting those, those competitions, numbers of dollars raised. Um, it's, it's really um, quite an amazing, uh, quite an amazing accomplishment for, for Dave and his team to have positioned the organization that way. And in fact, what, what Dave will be too bashful to tell you is that he is often seen as a go-to guy for other Special Olympics uh, executives who look for advice on how to uh, improve the elements of their program. So um, all of these things, the, the role of the board is, is very customary in terms of, of supporting the, the executive team uh, again, with the with the exception of, in this case, as a not-for-profit, your goal as board members is to support the mission of Special Olympics as well as the operation of Special Olympics. You want to go on to the next slide? We have put in place, and, and I believe everybody's uh, hopefully received an email from me the last couple of weeks, a mentor program. Uh, which was an idea that was surfaced a couple of years ago about how do we 
not only make our, our boarders and particularly our newer board members more effective, but also make them more effective faster. <laughs> so to get up the learning curve as rapidly as possible. And to that extent, we had created a, a very, uh, I would say, um, uh, uh, lightly organized mentor program, which is really designed to pair a new member with an existing member and particularly an existing member who's been around the curve a little, a little while. So I've been with the organization now for, I think, 12 years. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. Um, and, and, and I will tell you that given the complexity of Special Olympics Illinois, given the breadth and depth of the organization, given the number of activities in which it is involved, it is not an easy process to get your arms around everything that Special Olympics Illinois does. And so the mentor program is designed to help, again, enhance the learning curve of new board members. So hopefully all of you have had a chance to at least see the email and identify who your, uh, your board mentor is. And I would encourage you at your convenience to touch base and reach out. And uh, I realize we're not uh, in the mode yet of of uh, having a cup of coffee with anybody live, but you can at least have a virtual cup of coffee um, to uh, to make sure that uh, that communication is going well. Um, no obligations. It's not a requirement, but it's a, a tool to allow you to, as new board members, to, again, uh, enhance your uh, your ability to, to learn the organization as, as rapidly as possible. As I mentioned, the board is a is a fairly a reasonably sized board. Um, in my in my tenure, I should say, with Special Olympics Illinois, it's it's grown from around thirty low thirty members up to its current state of thirty seven. And again, the bylaws allow for a total of forty members. Um, that's a a large number to be able to execute on the many tasks that this board is is is. Uh, is targeted with. So as a result, the, the board has set up, and, and these are spelled out in the in the bylaws if you want additional detail, but has set up a series of committees. And, and I would say within the last you know several years, we've made a conscious effort to make sure that these committees are both empowered and uh, and enabled and, and obligated to take on a number of core tasks and core operations in conjunction with Dave and his team to help uh, the specific activities of, of uh, Special Olympics. So you can see the, um, the, the, the seven board member, or excuse me, seven committees that we have established so far. The, the, uh, we have established ad hoc committees at certain points in time. At one point in time when the company was undergoing a fairly significant information technology transition, um, we had a particular board member with uh, great experience, and we do again, um, who helped to uh, work with various members of Dave's team to help make that happen. But these are the seven standing committees. Um, we'll talk uh, a little bit about all of these in, in, in the course here, uh, but it is really here where uh, I would say the, the, the real board action occurs. And you will, be, uh, you will be asked as to your preference as to committees and hopefully that preference will synchronize with uh, our sense of what what your best role and, and best service could be. Um, they are again, very tightly uh, integrated with the organization and they work hard. So we talked about again, sort of the contributions as board members, a key contribution that you make is being involved in these particular committees. Dan? 
Tom, can you tell us a little bit about the executive committee? Sure, sure. Um, and the executive committee is the first one listed here. Uh, the executive committee is uh, comprised of the current uh, chairperson of the organization, uh, the vice chair, who is the individual uh, at this point who is expected to step into the role of chair after the chair serves his or her two-year stint, uh, the immediate past chair, and then the heads uh, or the board, uh, I would say, representatives of each of the other committees participates in the executive committee. We have a number of other, uh, again, sort of ad hoc uh, invitees who participate. But the size of the executive committee, and Dave, jump in if I'm wrong, is somewhere between 12 and 14 members. So it is a subset of the, uh, of the board. The executive committee's role is really to act in a planning function. And so uh, unlike the other committees that have very uh, both strategic and tactical aspects to what they do, the executive committee is there to help, help Dave. And, and Dave, I think, does an exceptional job of, of leveraging the executive committee to think through uh, decisions on some fairly significant strategic points. Um, in the last few years, for example, the executive committee has been involved in helping to uh, helping to manage and, and or create and, and and oversee Special Olympics Illinois' role in the 50th anniversary celebration. Um, the executive committee, you know, this year certainly in 2020, uh, spent quite a bit of time again thinking through how the organization should react and respond to the pandemic and what it should do in order to both manage through 2020, but position itself for uh, the, uh, uh, the renaissance we hope is in 2021. Um, Special Olympics uh, Executive Committee has been involved in discussions with uh, an interesting organization uh, based in Chicago that has, I would say, sometimes consistent and sometimes inconsistent goals with respect to Special Olympics Illinois. We won't go into those details, but the, um, um, the, the executive committee's role is really to act as a planning uh, uh, force and planning sounding board for Dave to think through more key activities involved in, uh, involved in the decisions of the organization. And I don't know if Karen and Dave, if you want to compliment or, or comment, I should say, on that, that summary executive committee role. I think you covered it perfectly. And if anybody has any questions, we can certainly answer them. But I think that was a, a great overview, Tom. Okay. Uh, would you like to continue on, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. So um, thanks, Tom, for that overview of all the committees. I will uh, now for your for all of your information. Uh, the development committee chair is Scott Paddock, the senior vice president of external affairs at Civil Cross Hospital and Medical Center. And so in his place, uh, we'll have uh, Dave Green give an overview of the development committee. Thanks, Daniel. Um, and we'll just say uh, we have, uh, this will be a new addition. Scott has moved over and Thanks to Chris Winson taking uh, taking one for the team here, um, uh, allowing Scott to move over, and we're still uh, still getting hopefully a confirmation on who will um, step up in marketing communication. But 
Scott has had a long involvement with uh, Gatorade and and NASCAR, uh, so brings a, a wealth of knowledge to both marketing, communication, and development. And in essence, um, the development committee really is what it what it says. Uh, I, I think where we're trying to go with the committee is going to be more uh, support to the to the chief development officer when we bring that person in. Um, hopefully by June first, uh, as we are in a current search with a subcommittee, of the board. Um, which Scott is is part of that group as as well as uh, Karen Wilson and a few others. But the development committee is really designed to foster communication about network and about resources for the organization, and and it can get as high level as you know how do we kind of flip our paradigm from a special events organization to one that is really based on individual major gift planned giving being a higher percentage of our overall total for. Uh, for revenue uh, generation. So they're going to be giving a lot of thoughts to that, how the makeup of the organization is designed. Currently, we've we've had, and, and this is some pre and post COVID um, realities, we've had 11 members in our chapter development team uh, dedicated to torch run and corporate giving, foundation giving. We have individuals in the field, in the regions that raise money for the organization. Um, so really, the, the committee is trying to foster and drive uh, more revenue, diverse, um, but also to give thoughts to our, um, you know, our team at Special Olympics Illinois of uh, best practices and raising money uh, that some other groups are doing and, and foster, um, you know, door opening for, for some of those. So uh, in a nutshell, that's what we're asking the development committee to do is look at our structure help us develop that structure and then move towards less reliance on special events. But as we grow the total, um, really make it a fully developed, um, you know, organization by way of revenue, uh, diversity and generation. Thanks, Dave. What do you, Dave, what do you think is the most important role of members of the development committee? You know, I, I think really it's, um, it's giving us their thoughts on, you know, because many of the board members are our donors or their heads of their companies. So I, I think, Daniel, it's really that stewardship. What's what's going to resonate with folks as they partner with Special Olympics? And, and I think also to make sure we're always and asking them, what does a mutually beneficial partnership and relationship look like? Uh, because I, I truly believe we're an organization that doesn't you know, just put our hand out and say, we need money. I, I think our, we're an organization that really rolls up our sleeves and says, let's understand your goals and let's work towards helping you as an organization or a donor with what you're trying to achieve. I would now like to introduce retired athletic trainer for Illinois State University and the chair of the Program Services Committee, Kathy Tweedwind, and 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 the uh, hopefully she's on and um, we know Kathy's on and the chief operating officer for Special Olympics Illinois Kim Wid Wing uh, to talk about the program services committee. Thank you, Daniel. It's a great job so far, by the way. It's uh, very impressive. Um, just to give you some ideas, obviously, program services are a huge meat of what Special Olympics does. It's not just activities 
uh, like competition and skills. It also involves athlete leadership. It involves families and it involves all the healthy programs that we have going. So it's a huge, huge aspect. And we have a lot of program services staff. Um, I would like to officially introduce you to Kim Rittering. Most of you know him, obviously all on the board, but Kim just took over as our COO, so our chief operations officer. And I work very closely with her. She's my liaison to program services department. Uh, so we are very involved with each other on a regular basis. But obviously, program services takes a lot. Um, and I, I would say to you, new board members, just what these guys have had to do during COVID-19 and the creativity that they had with just all the virtual programming from trivia nights to athlete exercise to healthy eating to cooking. Um, Daniel, you, I know you, you were involved in a lot of this. It's, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So we have a great staff. Um, in program services. I know they're all very excited to get back to what they need to be doing. But but it's from our perspective, what I would say to you all as new board members and even current board members, the best thing you can do is support the staff any way you possibly can. If you ask them what their needs are, be it volunteering, be it advanced to support them, to buying equipment and signage, to using your expertise or your connections, uh, reaching out, whatever region you're in. And if you're not sure as a new board member, you can ask the staff that, but reaching out to your regional directors and asking them, what can I do to help you? We're not there to say, why are you doing that? We're not there to hire and fire anybody. We're trying to be supportive and give them ideas. Um, but to get involved with your local communities, meet the athletes, meet the families, that's so huge. Um, utilizing any resources you have or contacts you have with your area of expertise and what you do for a living or what you did before you retired. You never know where you might have, uh, I'll give you an example, signage, for example. We have great new signage that we've used. We, had, uh, we have live video streaming for certain events, a lot of these board members help because they had some connections. So don't be afraid to offer that out to the staff um, and especially to Kim. Kim oversees our three regional directors. We have a North, Central, and Southern regional director. And those people oversee our 11 regions in the state. And Kim has the, the, and by the way, Kim Rittering is, is how do you say it? It's complicated. Uh, she oversees all of those people as well. So um, I have been working very closely with her as I did with Marty Hickman. Uh, Kim is up, up just flying away with it already. Uh, just, you know, great staff to be able to do that. I would suggest to send a note, send an email, thank people. Um, this is one of the things I just asked program services to do. We said, what can we do to, to push the strategic plan forward? How do we help staff? Um, so, uh, you know, I suggested one is to call them and send them an email. So I emailed all of, this, of the regional directors and all the regional directors with our 11 regions. Little things like that go a long way. Um, and I think that's... That's exactly what we could do as board members. So thank you, Daniel. Kim, do you have anything, obviously, as a, our new COO? <laughs> no, thank you very much, Kathy. You have certainly made uh, my transition into this position very easy. 
uh, you are a joy to work with. And um, hopefully I'm not training you away. So uh, you're <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to give a quick, very quick update. Kathy really nailed it all on the head. Um, but you might be wondering what program services is doing right now. Uh, Kathy did mention, you know, the virtual stuff. We also are uh, have our hands in e-gaming right now. Uh, the 11 regions are all in phase four right now. So we are able to hold very small uh, region events of 50 people. Um, our staff, our 39 staff in program services are used to holding, you know, events in 100 and 250 and things like that. So 50 um, I just wanted to share this one thing. They are getting um, more one-on-one time with our athletes and reigniting their passion again. So these smaller events, although we want to go back full-time, are really uh, opening the eyes again and, like I said, fueling the passion in our program services department. And um, we're just ready and itching to uh, open fully, and we are every day working on our fluid return to play document that is ever changing. So um, please, like Kathy said, reach out if you have any questions or if you would like me to introduce you to any region directors or my senior director staff, I am more than willing to to make that meet and greet. And um, I look forward to working with everyone. So thanks Kim. And thanks Kathy. Uh, Kathy, you've been involved with Special Olympics for a long time. Uh, and in sh- in sort of sharing your backstory, um, what has been your favorite part uh, of your um, long-time involvement with uh, this incredible organization? Uh, yeah. Well, Daniel... I I can tell you several things if you bear with me. I love, absolutely love working with the athletes and watching them compete. That's number one. I love seeing the progress we've made with athletes in the workforce, such as United Airlines that UNZ are involved with. I really enjoy working with the SOIL staff and board members. It's, It's just so fun to go to a board meeting when we hopefully get to go back to face to face and everybody leaves their egos at the door because there's great expertise with this board, but it's not what I know and you don't know. It's how can we help. That I love seeing that. Uh, I love being the medical director for summer games and state basketball for many years. I uh, got to meet a lot of athletes, lots of coaches and, and families. And to be honest, that makes me smile. Awesome. Thank you. I would now like to introduce Jim Pipo, Senior Vice President of TransUnion Board Treasurer and Chair of the Finance and Business Services Committee. And in his place, we'll, we'll have Special Olympics Illinois Chief Financial and Diversity Officer Cindy Belafonte talk to you about the Finance and Business Services Committee. Cindy? Hello, everybody. Um, Thanks. Jim was not able to make it today, so I will uh, give a brief overview of the committee. The Finance and Business Services Committee currently oversees um, anything from a financial perspective, uh, any of our technology um, 
depart that flows under our technology department and anything under our administrative services. So we uh, look at cash flows projections, uh, where the state of the organization is at right now, stewardship of assets, our um, technical any technical uh, strategies or endeavors, um, looking at security and risk on that. Um, also looking at, you know, our overall capital purchases, anything that we're going to invest in, um, any of our investments themselves. The investment committee is an ad hoc committee that is under the finance and business services committee. The investment committee does include the Illinois Special Olympics Foundation board as well. Uh, right now, our investments are currently with William Blair and follow the same policy. Uh, so we have people from both boards on this ad hoc committee. Um, the ad hoc committee reports through the finance and business services to the board. Now, right now, uh, we are Currently, you know, looking at our state with everything that's happened with the pandemic over the last year and kind of the hits that we've taken financially and the stewardship and our strategies and moving forward and bringing the organization back up to where, you know, we used to be or hopefully growing it more. Um, so we are very invested and all kind of in in it together when we talk about strategies and what we can do and and different um, pieces to move forward. The committee themselves help the department by offering their expertise, offering their works, offering, you know, different things that they may know of that could help uh, us in the nonprofit world. Um, so right now in the past year, we've really revamped all of our technological um, services. We are trying to move kind of into the new age um, with integrations and, you know, Kathy, I'm sorry, not, um, yes, Kathy, <laughs> I was going to say Kim, Kim, Kathy uh, mentioned the live scoring. Um, we're trying to move some aspects to be a little bit more technologically savvy. Um, but in doing that, you know, there's a lot of things to vet out, a lot of things to price out, and there's a ton of different options to go in. So we, we do lean on the committee a little bit for um, some of their expertise, some of their suggestions, or just things, you know, that they could help with uh, strategic planning as we look at our different, different things that we're going to invest in going forward. Um, and that's pretty much it for the, for the Finance and Business Services Committee overall. Cindy, thank you, but you're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cindy, don't don't go anywhere because I'd like to introduce Randy Shab to join you. Randy, who would have joined you, Randy is a retired business analyst with State Farm Insurance and is the chair of the audit audit committee. So we'll have uh, if if you could. Uh, since he's unable to join us today, can you also cover this committee? Sure. Um, I also get the luxury of, of having the audit committee as well. And the audit committee takes a little bit of a different perspective than the finance and business services. Uh, the 
focus of the audit committee is really to oversee the annual audit, um, talk with the auditors, make sure that they understand everything that is happening um, organizationally, um, you know, question out any concerns or anything with the audit itself. And then the other part of the audit committee is really to focus on risk for the organization, looking at things like business continuity or security risk or any technological risk that we may have as we go through our different investments or strategies or initiatives organization-wide. They also overview our policies, um, different um, aspects that they see out in in the organization through their involvement with Special Olympics Illinois, offering, you know, different maybe holes that we might have not addressed or different things that we need to look at organizationally just to make sure that we're sound and secure and safe um, and that way we're not posing additional risks. So this committee focuses a lot on the policies, procedures, um, and risk of the organization really from a financial aspect, but also any other aspect that may be open and out up there um, through all of the departments. Thank you, Cindy, for that overview. I will now tone it over to the marketing and committees, the marketing and communications committee, which I have been a member. Here is Special Olympics Illinois Chief Marketing Officer and my mentor as as a as a GM, Chris Winston. Chris, thanks, Daniel. Um, as you can see by Scott moving over to development, that if you get assigned to my committee, you won't be there very long because I, I push people out. No, I te- I'm teasing. Um, I've been here uh, about four and a half years, and Scott's been here the whole time, and he's been tremendous to work with. Um, marketing communications uh, department, um, our job, I would imagine, is um, you know getting out the brand and the message of Special Olympics Illinois. Um, you know, to police the brand, uh, but more importantly, um, obviously to market our fundraisers, um, which is really, really obviously very important. Like right now, uh, we've got our polar plunges around the state and, you know, our team has enlisted over 50 different media, be it um, radio, TV, newspaper, billboards um, to promote those as well as on top of that, you know, especially with radio and, um, TV to get those newscasters, sportscasters, broadcasters, disc jockeys, in this case with Polar Plunge, to do, you know, plunge at home videos and whatnot that we can then promote, push out through social media and and whatnot. So not only is it just to secure the advertising, but also to secure the promotion, um, in that case, to promote um, the Polar Plunges. Uh, We do that for... um, you know, our doctor, we, um, our gala last year when really it was turned on its head and became, in, you know, in uh, um, uh, virtual. Uh, but secondly, we really get behind, of course, um, what the most important thing is our mission and the relevancy of what Special Olympics Illinois is. Um, and we have the opportunity to do that through our winter games, typically um, our spring games uh, in April, May, uh, summer games the various you know state championships that were discussed earlier to promote uh athlete stories family stories uh coaches volunteers um but what's really important is not only do we promote the the mission of special olympics being a sports organization but you know to be 
frank, not to be um, undelicate for a reason, but just to make, make a point. Um, for those of us who are close to Special Olympics, everybody here and our friends and family, we have a reason to be close. Um, outside of it, we have to create that reason. So to certainly we promote, you know, summer games or a competition, but to be honest, somebody who's not close to who we are is not going to go watch it. Um, so it's our, our goal to um, create relevancy to those people. So tell a really heartfelt story about an athlete, like Daniel or somebody else who, because of special Olympic sport um, has made them go to college and get a four-year scholarship like Breed Bugusky to run cross country or get a job or do whatever they do. So, and then our other thing we like to do is talk about Special Olympics being the largest health organization in the world for those with intellectual disabilities and unified champion schools and the relevancy of what we do above and beyond, you know, promoting the, promoting the, uh, the events themselves. And we use the events and we, we worked out and work with media to give us interviews and stories written in the, in the newspapers to promote that relevancy. And over a year, we'll probably have 4,500 to 5,000 stories printed or broadcast about Special Olympics because of that. So that's kind of what we do. Our department, you know, we're, we're lucky to have, um, you know, per what Tom said earlier about being top three or five in the country. Along with that, we're very, very lucky and appreciative of the fact that um, we've got a department of five. You've got myself, you've got Chrissy Wallach, who does all our uh, creative and design work uh, with regards to everything. You've got Alex McMillan, who's uh, my second in charge, who, She's a director of communications and media relations. So she's everything public relations related and communications and whatnot. Under her is um, Gina Fasola, who's the manager of the same thing, who helps with Alex. That's all the media outreach. I help out a lot with that too, because that was my previous life. Um, and then you've got Michelle Mayer, who handles all our social media and digital media. And then and, and a new addition is Emily Merkel, um, who was in the development side and, you know, with Days Vision, um, we've determined that Emily's job is solely to, uh, she's got great ideas and great marketing acumen, but her job is to run the events, the arms and legs, X's and O's of how an event gets run. And then our job is to market it. And then it's development's job is to sell it. So that it doesn't fall into them. So that's kind of our department in a nutshell and how that is put together. And again, we're very, very lucky because some States, um, it might be half of somebody's job just one person's half of their job to do marketing. So we're very, very blessed and lucky. And therefore, I think we do a pretty good job at it, I think. Um, so how does our committee help? Our committee helps um, us with fostering these ideas. Um, you'll see on the board meeting, you know, you know um, Scott Paddock will be doing uh, our marketing report. He'll talk about things that we've done, that wins we've had that have involved the marketing um, communications committee of the board as well as we typically have one ask. Um, and this year we're fought, teeing it up to Kathy to get the, you know, our committee and the board member to, uh, to plunge as well. So, and really uh, committee helps us get the word out, helps us bring together stories. Um, but our job, our goal and our win for our department is, you know, are we helping to bring in money? Like end of year giving brings in seventy-five dollars to $100,000 a year in November and December, and marketing is a big part of that. We take pride, even though money that gets brought in is technically a development function um, that has a big part to do with marketing. So we take a lot of pride in um, getting our 
our committee to help raise dollars too, because that, that feeds up into our overall goals. So hopefully that's um, answered your answered what I'm supposed to be doing, but if you have any other questions, I'm certainly here to answer them. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. It's been a pleasure serving on your committee during my tome, uh, as well as traveling the globe with you uh, as our SSIGM adventures continue. Last but certainly not least, I'd like to bring back Tom Cox and Dave Breen to talk about the Governance and Membership Committee. Tom and Dave? Thanks. Uh, and I'll, I'll sort of do a quick kickoff. So the Governance and Membership Committee, uh, the, the core function and purpose is to, again, enhance the uh, strength and effectiveness of the, of the board. Uh, so I would say our, our primary focus is on identifying, recruiting, uh, uh, cajoling, arm-twisting individuals to join the board, uh, and, and then uh, helping to determine ways and strategies and tactics that the board can be as effective as possible. So by way of small example, we uh, last year began a process of, of uh, soliciting input from board members in a self-evaluation context about how they feel that they are doing against uh, seven or eight different metrics. And it's a, it's a first uh, stab at this. We'll continue to keep this up and identify how uh, trends are, are going against, against those metrics. But the, the real goal of this group is to, uh, again, find and think about ways to both enhance the effectiveness of the board and to eliminate obstacles uh, to the board serving the organization as, as best as it can. Dave, you want to add to that? Uh, no, I, I mean, I think you handled it well, Tom, and Tom has been really active in, in engagement for the board. And I think the scorecard that, that Tom mentioned and referenced um, is, is really key because I think our board members are as competitive as our athletes. So seeing those higher scores of engagement and involvement. And um, my only plea to our board and, and newer members would be, you know, certainly if there's stuff to bring up, please don't wait for us to call. Please always, you know, reach out and, um, you know, ask questions, et cetera, because we will be reaching out. But a lot of times, um, uh, if you've got something on your mind, we would absolutely encourage you to to reach out to to staff members or other board members to, you know, foster those discussions. Thank you, Tom and Dave. And thank you to all the committee chairs that were able to join us today, along with members of the Special Olympics Illinois leadership team. Karen, do you have any it Karen, do you have any final comments you would like to share before we wrap it up? Um thanks, Daniel. I do. Um my, my first comment is to congratulate you again on a job really well done. Thank you for walking us through everything the way you did. I think you did a great job. Um, and I, <clears throat> I hope uh, everyone that's new can really get an idea of the depth and the breadth of this organization and the people who serve the athletes and the work that we do. Um, we're really excited to have you. So welcome aboard. Congratulations. Um, I wanted to mention Board Effect. It's a resource that's available to you where <clears throat> meeting notes and, and other resources, bylaws, etc., are also available. So if you haven't learned that yet, please, um, you'll probably get that from Dan or Bailey, right, you guys? Yeah, 
Deosinia. Um, okay, so a, a great resource. And just to echo um, really what, what Dave and everybody else has said, there's a lot of people here to help and uh, reach out to anybody at any time. And thank you for, for joining us. And thanks for putting together this great uh, orientation today, Tom. Thank you all and uh, welcome. Welcome to the new members. <clears throat> thank you, Kaylin. And and uh, also want to thank Dan uh, as, as well, because uh, as much as um, I got behind the uh, microphone and um, went through the script and everything. Uh, Dan also did a lot with the PowerPoint and helping to actually put the script together. Uh, so thank you everyone uh, on the call for joining us today. I know it's fun um, for me. I'm really grateful to be part of this movement and organization, not just as an athlete, not just as a um, board member and as a uh, Southern Tribal International Global Messenger, but Really grateful for all the, um, all the programs that we have, um, both competing, um, and um, and all the leadership and health programs as well. I am sure you are excited to be an in an in, in, in incoming board member as I have been serving these past three years. Through my tone, th though my tone may be ending at the board meeting this Wednesday. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in the future, maybe at one of my events when we return to play. Uh, as a reminder, the full board of directors will be meeting this Wednesday, February 17th from 8.30 to 11.30 a.m. over Zoom. We wish it was in person, but over Zoom. <laughs> if you need the meeting information, please reach out to Dan Connolly, and he will make sure to get that information to you. And thank you again for joining today. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you all. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, awesome. everybody. Well done. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Stay Tom. Stay safe. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye.